Welcome back to the Hoops Temple Podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Aaron Schroeder. Good afternoon, guys. And joining us from New Zealand, Dylan Williamson. Good morning. We are here to discuss the most boring conference, as Dylan has put it in our pre-pod conversations, the Southeast. I was going to say we're absolutely radiating enthusiasm to talk about <laughs> this wonderful division. Oh yeah, divisions, not conferences. Uh, I did some numbers, some some number crunching. Gentlemen, I know we've been doing trivia. Do you guys want to guess who is the worst division last year by wins? The worst division by wins. Who won the fewest games? The wild. Let me look at the division. Let me think about like it, the divisions are so tough. I don't. You have to think of what divisions there even are. Aaron, yeah, I'm lobbing you, you a softball. What division are we talking about? Is it the southeast? Is it is it it's this the one right southeast? Here? Oh yeah, Incredible. the teams in the southeast combined to win 172 games last season, which is narrowly the worst, right behind the southwest who won 175 combined. I was ready for the Emmanuel Classe 102 cutter in the upper corner, but it was more like a like a slow hand softball pitch, and I uh, I wasn't ready for it, but it's a tough division. Uh, what team do you guys want to start off with? Who do you think is going to be the worst in the division? Dylan, I want to hear from you. Maybe the team that traded their best player for Jordan Poole? <laughs> I think it is. I think that's the right call. I don't think we have to search much further. I didn't have a... By wins, they were by far the worst team in this division. By placements, actually not too bad. But the 23-win Wizards, how does that sound to you guys? Now, when a team tears it down, often I feel like we're like we're ready for them to be a 14-win team. And this is the worst team of all time. But I think Jordan Poole's actually pretty good. And especially like, like getting Tyus Jones... Like their backcourt's actually gonna be okay, like to the point where I don't see them being like a the worst team of all time, but they'll just be like kind of a regular, just a normal bad team. Yeah, they don't have anything as far as depth goes. Like I, I was putting together their lineups, and I was like, starters: Daniel Gafford, Kuzma, Denny, Poole, and Tyus Jones. I kind of like that. That's not bad. And then I was like, all right, reserves: Mike Muscala, uh, Kulabali. Patrick Baldwin Jr., Corey Kispert, Jared Butler. Oh, God, that went to shit real fast. <laughs> and and you know what? There are position battles. Mike might not be the backup center. It might be Taj Gibson. Jared Butler might not be the backup point guard. It could be Johnny Davis. Anyone more excited for that? I'm on the edge of my seat. You can't see it because it's like <laughs> chest up, but I am like basically on my tippy toes. Now, I uh, with the flattened lottery odds, I, I mean, I have them as the... As the third worst team in the league, I think they'll they're gonna get there. They'll be right there with that. And uh, but I, I just I just really do look forward to seeing the the pool this pool season. What it's gonna be like? Is it gonna be twenty six points a night on thirty six percent shooting, or is he actually gonna have a little bit of breakout potential? Where where are you guys at? Is it are we out on pool, or do we think he could show some flashes this year? I think he's gonna like show something. Like he's always been a decent creator when he's been like with the starters and like he really benefited from playing with Draymond and so you wonder where that sort of role might come from on the Wizards when he's had good players around him he's been able to play well it's when they asked him to run the bench that he was really quite tragic um and what you know Nate just listed out the players the Wizards have like decent starters in there and so with the starters I think he'll be perfectly fine and he, he could put up some you know decent numbers and maybe have a have a all right offense when when he's on the floor. I think there's a really strong chance that him and Kuzma combined to average 50 points a night. I don't think it's going to get you anything. I think these are going to be some pretty empty, meaningless stats. It'll get you a top three lottery pick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Our buddy, he, uh, Derek was messaging us and he's like, yeah, Kuzma and Poole taking us to the promised land. And we're like, playoffs question mark play in question mark is like nah number one lottery pick like we we got this so it's good it's good to see that wizards fans are keeping their expectations relatively healthy i think pool you know will score a lot um his efficiency i believe will come down because he was boy he's, he's actually a pretty positive true shooting added player i want to say last season that's not gonna stick do the wizards have their pick this year they, they do, right? They definitely where, do. Where they've gotten rid of it. I have no idea. Sorry, I think I was reading that they have a swap with... Okay, yeah, sorry, my bad. I was like, oh my god, this is... I was freaking out for a second. <laughs> That'd be a real disaster. That'd be a real disaster. No, they, if they didn't have their pick, they would have signed Dylan Brooks. That's true. And he would have gotten them two extra wins, but those are two important yeah. wins. I, I like Ty's... I'm kind of into Tyus Jones. Do you guys think he gets like oh, seven, yeah. eight assists per game this, this season? That's a big number, but... Yeah. So I, I was recently doing some research on Muggsy Bogues. Uh, I know there's a weird place to go for Tyus Jones, uh, but Muggsy was an awesome assist to turnover ratio guy. He's like 9.8 uh, assist, 1.8 turnovers for six years. Wow. Like that's Damn. really good, right? And like, that's kind of what Tyus Jones has done. But I think it's a lot easier to be a competent guard when you're not the main focus, when you're kind of the secondary guard or like, hey, you're inserted into the starting lineup. I'm kind of interested to watch how Tyus Jones does now as the primary ball handler for a team who's in charge of setting up the offense and is going to be someone that the, the opposing team actually puts on their like stat sheet of like, all right, we have to watch out for this guy. Yeah. And the other thing with Jones is that probably the most important interaction in terms of being a successful like backup sort of, you know, um, starter in a pinch kind of point guard is that big men can make your life really easy. And he's going from playing with Jaron and Steven Adams and Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman to, you know, Daniel Gafford and Mike Muscala. And so that might be, a, a you know, something that provides a, a bit more of a, a difficulty for him. Now, I did come up with a trivia question for these guys, is for this team. And since there's only two of you, we can actually run this the way uh, Saturday Slam and Jam, the athletic show does. Would you like to take part in this trivia and we can keep track of points and someone may win and someone may die? I need prizes. I need cash prizes. <laughs> if it's if it's NBA history stuff, I'm absolutely terrified. But I'll <laughs> let's I'll see, never let's back see down. it. Lay, lay it on us. <laughs> all right, all right. Is, is, is the first one name a Wizards player from before 2000? Because I'm I'm out. Since the year 2000, the Wizards <laughs> have drafted in the lottery 11 times. Ten of those players have gone on to play for Washington. The one exception is Devin Harris, who was drafted in 2004, but traded to Dallas on the draft day. Uh, what we're going to do is we are going to alternate naming one wizard that was drafted in the lottery between now and the year of 2000. First one to miss wow. or not be able to name one loses. Okay. Gentlemen, I will flip a proverbial <laughs> coin to see who goes first. I, I hope I go first because I've got three, so. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm hoping that's, I'm hoping that's more than Aaron. <laughs> Dylan, heads or tails? Give me, give me head, Nate. Tails never fails. Aaron, you're going first. John Wall, first overall. John Wall, that's that's one of them. Uh, Bradley Beal. Two. Back to you, Aaron. This is just lottery? This is the lottery? This is just lottery. So they picks. took Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. Yeah. Um... These are some pretty uninspiring lottery <laughs> yeah, picks, I really. can tell you. You guys hit the big ones. Otto Porter was like top yeah, five. Yeah, that's good. He's Otto third. Otto Porter, number three. Jeez. Was Nick Young a lottery pick? 
Nick Young was not a lottery oh, pick. Geez. Points go to Dylan. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I when when I was Nick Young taken? I think he was 18th, if, oh. I, if memory serves. Oh. The other names available Can I say are one? Denny Avdia. Uh, Avdia. I want to put, point out Jan Vesely. I should have thrown Jan Vesely out there. Jan Vesely, number six in two, 2011. God. Uh, Rui Hachimura, number eight. Jarvis Hayes, number 10. Jared Jeffries, number 10. And good old Kawame Brown, number one. So if Yikes. you wonder why the Wizards haven't been successful, <laughs> they Didn't they get Martel Webster? Uh, they they grabbed Martel Webster. I think they traded for him. Let's see here. He was the number six pick for Portland. They traded for him later in his career. Okay. So, yeah, he was he was in year seven, eight. Yeah, that's basically, that's basically getting drafted. That's, that's basically a draft age, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a draft. It's just, they just weren't sure yet. They had to see the product on the court, and then they're like, okay. They had the, 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 the ballot ready. The form all filled out. All right, so we're giving two points to Dylan for this round. Uh, how many wins are we taking for these guys? I believe, Aaron, you threw out the number of 23. That's correct. Yep, I, I, I had 23 and a half, so I'll go 24 just to be different. All right. I actually kind of liked this squad. I felt like they could sneak up on some people. Uh, so I went 26. It's just a little bit higher. But um, the Vegas odd was 23 and a half. So huh. we're all right around there. Could I take a second and try to go over the picks that they have? Sure. Just uh, just to flesh it out. So they have a swap with Phoenix this year. Why? I, I have no idea. Do you, do you think that's going to be important? No, I don't think it's going to be important at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, okay, I'm just going to read this out loud, and you guys tell me in English what this means. Um, Washington has the right to swap its 2024 first-round pick protected for selections 13 to 30, through Phoenix's 2024 first-round pick. Then Memphis has the right to swap its 2024 first-round pick for the less favorable of the Phoenix pick and the Washington pick. Okay, that makes sense in my head. So if they if they don't swap, so it's, then it's a double Memphis, swap. If they don't swap, you just it, gotta say it out loud. If they don't swap it, then Memphis gets Phoenix's essentially. They can swap it, and then Memphis gets like the worst of the picks. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So so like Washington could take or swap it. And then Memphis could either take or swap, like keep or swap. The Phoenix's second round pick this year, their own first next year. Phoenix's second round pick next year. 2026, their own first and a swap to Phoenix with a thousand things on top of it. It's more of that stuff. Um, (laughs) Their own second in 2026. Chicago's second in 2026. Phoenix's second in 2026. Their own first and second in 27. That's basically it. They, They own a bunch of second round picks, but... I think overall less draft capital than I was anticipating. To get draft capital, you have to trade good players, which is not something that Washington has done. (laughs) Then you have to draft good players first, right? Yeah. And then you have to, okay, so they mess up both those parts. And and so when we just ran through the recent lottery picks of Johnny Davis, Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura. No value there. And that's leaving out Corey Kispert and Troy Brown, who are both 15th. I almost went with Kispert. I really thought about Kispert, but I knew he was 15th. Anyway, I thought that was going to screw someone up. <laughs> I thought him or Jan Vesely was going to get you guys. I know my Jan Vesely. He's in 2K16. You've, you've got your Jan Vesely <laughs> stock. <laughs> he's in there. I know who that is. Wait, why what's, is what's he in overall? I think he's in the. He plays at the Euroleague at the time. And so, like, they mm, had the Euroleague yeah. roster. So, so I'm like, hey, Jan Vesely's here. He's like a 67 overall in Europe respect <laughs> all right well then who are we saying is going to be the second worst team in the league or second yeah second worst team in the division i mean you're not exaggerating that much it's a pretty bad division yeah it's the hornets any objections 
Nope, that's what I went with too. And while we're in the trivia mood, this is my worst trivia question I've ever come up with. <laughs> but it took me like two hours to think of something trivia worthy for the Hornets. And I finally just said, fuck it. We're going to go with Mark Williams is a very tall human. In the draft combine, Mark Williams has one of the tallest standing reach with a standing reach of nine feet and nine inches. For comparison, Zach Eady was in last year's uh, draft combine where he was only able to reach nine feet, seven and a half inches. Since 2001, so last 22 years, we are looking at seven players who have had a standing reach of over nine feet, five inches. We're going to go back and forth and allowing you guys to guess the names on them. Since Aaron went first last time, Dylan can go first this time. I'm going to like struggle with like a lot of these really big guys. I feel like weren't draft combine kind of caliber. Can I ask a question? It says, is this a draft combine or just the player in the NBA? This is the draft combine standing reach wow. of only players who made it and played at least one game in the NBA. There was a couple other guys uh, that showed up that uh, did not have uh, okay, so that, that like had huge standing reaches, but they didn't play. Okay. Dylan, name me a tall person. I was going to say Wimby, but I don't think he showed up for the draft, for the for the combine. Um, oh, yeah. Or like didn't do anything, did like just interviews. So I'm going to go with, I think the, is Rudy Gobert the, the like he has like the longest like wingspan. So I feel like he must be up there. Rudy Gobert is up there with nine feet, seven inches. So full two inches shorter than... Uh, than our boy Mark Williams. That's really impressive for Mark. That's some some Hornets right? stock there. I think I'm gonna. I I'm like ninety percent sure Taco Fall went to the draft combine, and he's my. Answer. He did indeed. Taco, ten feet two point five inches. Dang. Flat foot, just standing, reaching over the rim. Back to you, Dylan. How about Thon McCurr? Thon mm. McCurr unfortunately did not participate in the draft combine, <laughs> or had a shorter standing reach. I only wrote down the guys. Damn. Yeah. Nine and a half. Are other names that would have been acceptable? Actually, let's see if Aaron can get this. Aaron? I don't know if I have to, anybody. To um, steal? Or to get the points? Roy Hibbert. Unfortunately, Roy mm. Hibbert was not there. Uh, are other names that would have been acceptable? Are Bull Bull, Mo Bamba, JaVale McGee, mm. Brendan JaVale Haywood, McGee. which I find surprising. Really? And then Palev Podatskin. I don't know. He didn't play that much. Played like 60 games. <laughs> I was almost there on that one. Palmer. I was thinking about it. I just I just couldn't. It was right on the tip of my tongue. I, the, the Mo Bamba one is disappointing. Because I remember that picture of him next to KG and his arms are like on the floor. And I'm yeah. like, dude, he's the best player of all time. He's going to shoot threes yeah. and block four shots per game. Like someone has to yeah. take this guy. And dude can't play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I was so high on Mo Bamba's. Like, look at all that size. And then, like, he's apparently really smart and, like, he's got ball skills. And it's like, how did this guy, how is this guy not an NBA player? And he's got a rap song. That's true. He had a rap he, song. Yeah. I, I think I was like 19 when he got drafted. So, um, I was probably a little bit influenced by that. <laughs> he was a victim of the shit shuffle. He he was traded to the Lakers. He's going to be great. Play backup center. Didn't happen. He's gone. Yeah. I, I really don't know why these guys like keep signing with the Lakers. Like it's never worked out well that I can think of. Point. Like all the, all these like, you know, guys looking for a second challenge, you know, like Cam British kind of guys that like go to the Lakers for some reason. And then they like just end up out of the league. And it's like, why do you keep going there, man? It's not good. It's the last place you can make mistakes because 
you have to you gotta win games, man. Like right now, and Cam Reddish is gonna play a, a total of like a hundred minutes this season. I'm pretty sure he's already injured. Hey, I, that's good, man. That's it's probably better for him. He is really bad out there. <laughs> I hope he's not seriously hurt. To be honest, fair. but um, yeah. or to be fair, but um, that was a tough. That was a tough preseason debut. Okay, the Hornets. Where are we at? The Hornets. We're looking at a potential starting lineup of Mark Williams. Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, with reserves of Nick Richards, P.J. Washington, Cody Martin, James Booknight, and Terry Rozier. All in all, not terrible. Uh, J.T. Thor also might be able to jump maybe all the way up to the starting lineup. Like, it's a lot of math, but it could be decent, and it is going to be fun. I don't like the fact that I enjoy Brant or uh, Miles Bridges' game, because, like, dude beat his wife and kid, and, like... Not happy to have him back in the league, but him and LaMelo prior to him missing a season and being suspended were an entertaining up up and down fast break team that I think could shock a few people. I think they are going to be a lot of fun to watch. They won to 43 games in 2022. I feel like the league is, is, I know it's only two years ago, but the league is in a better spot now. Like a LaMelo Bridges team isn't going to pull off that kind of wins, but they were a top 10 offense and I don't think they're there quite yet. I had him at 31 wins, but getting Miles Bridges back is going to be pretty good after 27 pretty bad wins uh, last year. I wrote down uh, they lost to Dennis Smith, who was good on defense, Kelly Oubre, who questionable, questionable, <laughs> questionable basketball mm-hmm. abilities. And the third point the I wrote production, though. was they lost garbage. They lost a huge chunk of their roster that didn't really play all too much. So we'll have to see who fills that in. But if this team wins 45 games, like I'm honestly not, I wouldn't be surprised. Like it's, it sounds crazy, but. I think Brandon Miller is going to be a great shooter like day one and Bridges and Lamella have proven that they could win basketball games. But if this team gets through the entire season without doing something fucking insane like that, that would be the biggest surprise of the year. Like there is going to be 20 games where it's like, we don't know where Lamella is. Like he's gone. Like he's, we, he said he was flying into the Bermuda triangle and we like lost contact with him. Uh, Kai Jones like, <laughs> like went off the rocker and like he hasn't been seen in, in months. Um, there's just there's no way this season goes super smoothly. Do you think this is like the worst locker room in the league? Like oh, yeah. the worst like locker room to be a part of? Oh yeah. If you're trying to make like develop a successful prospect, it's a jailblazer shit, man. I was just trying to think about like who else might be like shitty to be around, and I'm like, you know, I'm not sure that I want to be around Draymond and Chris Paul all the time. Like that could be a pretty rough uh, locker room to be a young prospect in, just personality wise. You got you got Stiff as well though. He's like the the best teammate in the world. And Clay, Clay's yeah. got to be you know. You're learning though. You're learning good habits. Like like imagine like yeah. your Dray- Draymond's Miller. yelling at you constantly, yeah. but like it's it's good stuff. Like yeah. if you're a good, you went to a good college. You learn the game right. You show up to the Hornets facility. You're like, what the? What happened to the beautiful game I know and love? <laughs> Lamelo's running all every stoplight outside the arena every time he leaves the game. Oh, Have you guys seen those videos? No, does he seriously do that? Yeah, every he pulls out in his Lambo or his whatever it is, and just it's a Lambo without even re- like looking. He just pulls out without looking, hits the red light without looking every time. Yeah. yeah the other thing about the Charlotte Hornets team that may hurt them uh, is they trade away Mason Plumley at the deadline, and he was actually a pretty useful piece for them defensively. I really like what Mark Williams can be, um, but it's a young center. He's a big. Big heavy body that's got a huge standing reach. He will be really good defensively, but I don't know if he's ready to be better than Mason Plumlee next season. And something that could really help Charlotte is, do you guys know how many games LaMelo Ball played last season? 
I think like 31. I mean, he, he rolled his not, ankle not up and then he came yeah. back and rolled it up again. 36. Like so, you know, you got less than half of a season from LaMelo. Mark came on slow at 43. Uh, Gordon Hayward, can he still play a, a season? Who knows? Uh, but only got 50. So like they, they experienced a fair amount of health troubles last season. If they return to the mean, they should be a healthier team this year. And that's that's like going to probably manifest best on offense where like LaMelo is has a lot of problems as a basketball player and as a um a, a citizen but he he has been the driving engine behind really good offenses like like Aaron mentioned 21 22 they were a top 10 offense um and he was the driving force behind that um and so you'd you'd expect some offensive improvement from this team I ended up going with 35 wins because I do feel like last year with all the health concerns for LaMelo, all the injuries, they fell farther than they should have. So you've got LaMelo healthy this year. You got Miles Bridges, back, whether we want him to be here or not. And then Brandon Miller. I, I do think that is going to be more of a positive steps oops, for them. So 35 was my answer. Dylan, where'd you put him? I mean, 33, um, like offensive improvement, defense right about the same. Um, just quickly, because we didn't really talk about him on the court. I feel like Miles Bridges is people maybe need to temper their expectations on this guy like just from an on-court perspective like he hasn't played basketball in over a year he's not going to come back in and, and be 2021 miles bridges right away um and even that season was you know huge improvement you know there's a chance that that was an outlier season if even if he you know had have continued with his career um and so yeah i'm not not predicting big offense here 33 wins Okay. I feel better about Nate's prediction. I think I went a little too low, but I had to look to see who I need to take wins from. Another thing on Bridges, not that he shouldn't be playing, like in terms of talent, but if someone, if there is a coach that doesn't play younger players because they're knuckleheads or just not ready, it's it's Clifford. Like Steve Clifford doesn't give a fuck. He'll play like he'll, he'll sign veterans off the stream like you're playing. Sorry guys, minutes to be earned. I guess bring in, uh, bring back Rose and Taj. Mm-hmm. Keep the young guys. I, you, th- you think you think he's gonna start Frankie Smokes, <laughs> dude? If he played Frankie hard in Smokes, training camp, like he totally would. <laughs> yeah, this that's the other thing is they do have a lot of good young players. Like if it's clear that they're not going to be competitive, I'd really like it if the coach just said, "All right, Gordon, sorry, we're shutting you down. Uh, we're going to give Frankie or we might shut Sam himself down. down." Yeah, um, JT Thor. If we get him a lot more run, that could be really good. He's got just tons of athleticism uh nick nick smith probably needs to play like yeah. they, they just kind of draft the dude and have him ride the bench the entire season and we haven't even said yes really yes anything they would. about brandon miller <laughs> he would <laughs> yeah, do that <laughs> <laughs> i mentioned miller being a good shooter day one it's positive yeah i, I don't know I, th- I think they're gonna be an interesting team probably a fun league pass team that makes no impact on the season i don't see them making it above the nine seed really when it all shakes out but that's okay. Mm. I think this is one of those teams that good teams are just like really going to stomp. Like mm-hmm. they, they may be competitive amongst like, you know, sort of like your your eight seed and down kind of kind of level, but like really veteran good teams are going to like just have such an easy game against these guys. Yeah. All right. So uh, we ended with a 31, 33, 35 win splits on these guys. Uh, do you want to know what the Vegas over-under was? I'm guessing it's 33. 30.5. Oh, wow. So, uh, okay, maybe we're all too high. That's definitely a possibility, really? but 
Yeah. 30? I, I think that's way too low. That's way too I, low. I really I like thought, the over. I was low, guys. and I'm predicting, like, a nuclear disaster. <laughs> like, like someone to go AWOL for a month, like one of their one of their key <laughs> players. Like, does Vegas have that factored in? They're like, yeah, the Miles Bridges is going to disappear. Or something serious is going to happen, but okay. Gordon, Gordon Hayward's going to be called to the um, January 6th um, inquiry. <laughs> He'll pay for his crimes. <laughs> All right. This is where I think it's really interesting um, because I actually put Miami as the third, the the middle team in this conference for ne- or division for next season. Wow, wow. Who, That's who do you guys have next? I still had Orlando. It's very close. I had Orlando mm-hmm. as the nine seed, the Heat as the eighth seed. But to to predict that swap is is pretty massive. Do you guys? Where are you at, Dylan? Are we talking about the Magic or the Heat first? Um, I had the Magic, but not by much. Like the Heat were pretty bad last season and then they got worse so you know like i'm not not liking their predict predicting them as as being a real team um and there's there's more that can go wrong for the heat than than maybe um for the magic you know the magic's upside is higher than what the heat's downside is so i could see it mate why don't you make the case as the the big believer in the orlando magic that me and Aaron um, still think are going to be worse than a team whose sixth man is Thomas Bryant. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think that I have a very strong case for Orlando. I think I just more of a, like an anti-Miami case. Um, hmm. But to help me make my Orlando case, let's do our trivia question for the Orlando Magic. Same sort of style as the last this two. Last season, Paolo Bancaro averaged 20 points per game as a rookie. In the last 20 years, so going back to the 2003 draft, there have been eight rookies to average 20 or more points per game. We're going to take turns alternating to see who can name them. Uh, I believe Dylan went first last time. So Aaron, How, how many did you say? Eight. Eight rookies in the last 20 years? Eight rookies in the last 20 years. All household names or at least your household names. <laughs> okay, I'm up first. Mm. You're up first. I'm going to go Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is on the list. Uh, does Does LeBron count in the last 20 years? He does count in the last 20 years. Okay. Give me give me 25 and 5 LeBron. There we go. Rookie season, ah, 20.9. Saying 25 and 5 is a big clue to Aaron. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, did, I don't there's, think there's a notorious 25 and 5 to, guy. I don't know if Tyreek I don't know if he actually got to the 20 point mark. I'll have to think about that one. I'm gonna say um I'm gonna say Zion. Zion is also there. How Golden about balls in your court? second season Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid. <laughs> Technically, his second season, but it is his rookie year, and that is what I looked at. Oh, man. You know who I think got, like, 20.4 points? Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell. Yes, sir. Nice. How about second season Blake Griffin? Mm. Second season Blake Griffin. I said he was going to be, you know, household names, at least in your household. How many more do we have? You still have three more names. Okay, three more names. Man, that's tough. Um, Carl Anthony Towns? That is incorrect. Brutal. Dylan, how many of the remaining three names can you can you give us? I'm pretty sure Tyreek was 25 and 5. He was 20, but he still makes it. Ugh, I, I could have scored as like 19 5 and 5. Yeah. Yeah. No way the Kings actually had something good. We rounded that shit up. It's <laughs> <laughs> 20.1. Man, I told you these crazy, were household yeah. names. We rounded down. Your household. I, I, uh, I, I uh, thought it was uh, worse off. Go ahead. Well, who else you got? I should think of like... Even rookie of the year winners. Um, I like Derek Rose. He did not get it. Our two yeah, remaining actually, names, yeah, he was kind of a lower score. Our two remaining names were Carmelo Anthony and Luka Doncic. 
Yeah. Mm. Well, we did pretty good. I'm proud of yeah. us. Solid. And now Dylan is up in the trivia. Carmella would have been a tough one because you're like sort of going through the draft classes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. It was the only draft class with two guys, or only yeah. rookie year with two guys. Draft classes mm-hmm. might, I don't because Griffin, I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Okay. I think Dylan's won all three of our trivias. Uh, no, you got him one. So it's it's four, four to two. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's closer. But yeah, this Orlando Magic team, I think... Pure luck. <laughs> I think the the potential breakout for Paolo or just continue to rise. I mean, that was the list of 20 points per game scorers. And basically all of them, Tyreek Evans aside, so seven out of eight, have been really good basketball players when they're on the court. Zion being the one exception because he's never on the court. Uh, and so like odds are good that Paolo is going to be really good. Franz looks like he could take this step up to all-stardom. Uh, Gary Harris and Wendell Carter are just solid core players. There's that, you know, they're going to be fine. They're going to be good in rotation. Markel Fultz, too, you can count into that. I, I was going to say, you know, the point guard position between Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, like, you can piecemeal together enough minutes that I think I think Orlando's going to be fine. I think they're going to be knocking on the play-in door. I have them in there. I have them in the plan. They only lost Bull Bull and Michael Carter-Williams. Like, their offseason was not that busy. You can you can <laughs> kiss those guys yeah. goodbye. They, they gave Joe Ingles too much money for some reason. I, I don't really understand that one, but good veteran presence, it's, it's good shooting. Cult- culture we were just talking about how terrible the hornets are and they the magic went and got got joe ingles that's true but i feel like the magic have pretty good culture other than their owner their shitty fucking psychotic owner i, I just wasn't ready to to say like oh yeah they're taking like the the playoff step it's just so tough they added anthony black and jet howard in the draft and i mean looking at the heat i had the heat at 40 wins and the magic at 38 eight seed and nine seed and the heat lost Udonis haslam i guess if that counts victor ladipo max Struess, gabe vincent tyler zeller Yurtsevin, Omer Yurtsevin, and then they added Thomas Bryant and Josh Richardson. And I, I wrote down drafted Jaime Hawkins Jr. and a billion undrafted guys. I mean, they 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 have like eight undrafted mm-hmm. players. They just they they did it again. And looking at it, you're like, no way, those guys are good. But there's just a piece of you that wants to reserve judgment because you know how the Heat do yeah. it with these with these guys. Like one of those guys is going to shoot forty percent from from three and play good defense, and you just kind of have to like kind of keep that in mind. But they were a forty four win team last year, like really uninspiring, a bottom ten net rating. They really sucked on offense. Um, I, I'd much Lost rather. And I'm super excited for, like, I'd be super excited for Orlando. Like, I'm not, no one's, like, thrilled about Miami's direction. Hmm. Yeah, just on vibes, I kind of want to, like, put, put Orlando over the heat. But um, maybe maybe we're still a little bit early. Yeah, just, yeah. just a touch. With, like, Bam, Bam and Butler. And, like, they still have like, those guys. They'll be good on defense. And just trying to think, um, what was I trying to say? I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, the heat's expectations this season, the offseason, from, like, we're getting Dame and fuck all of you to, like, Maybe we'll get. I'm trying to think Malcolm of the point Brogdon. guard. Malcolm Brogdon. Which maybe we'll get Malcolm Brogdon if we're lucky. And now Brogdon's actually saying that he's happy in Boston. He's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, I'm just trying to work on Portland. Um, sorry about that. Um, he's yeah. happy in Portland, and, and um, he's like, maybe I'll stay here and like mentor these guys. But maybe that he can get like Ish Smith or something. Maybe maybe Mario Chalmers is, can come back. But, like, it's basically Dame. You just gotta kind of squint your eyes. Their their two biggest offseason acquisitions are R.J. Hampton. Who you know, our, our buddy Pablo Escobar did on a two way. Yeah, he he, did, he made a piece of like, oh yeah, this is like totally the guy that they get and they rehabilitate. It'll be great. Um, maybe, maybe. 
Uh, and, and then their other big offseason acquisition is Thomas Bryant. Like, I saw what Thomas Bryant was. He could score when LeBron or Westbrook set him up, but he couldn't really do much to create for himself. And then he goes to Denver and falls so far out of the rotation that in the playoffs, they are playing DeAndre Jordan over him. Like, it's not a good sign when your big offseason acquisition isn't playing because they want to play DeAndre Jordan at this point. That's future yeah. defensive player of the year candidate Thomas Bryant to you, by the Wait. way. The Heat <laughs> will rehabilitate him. They're going to play him 40 minutes a night. I lied. There is one other good player that they got, and that's Josh Richardson coming back to Miami where he had his most successful years. He could actually be useful for them. Yay. Whoop, whoop. Josh Richardson. <laughs> what do you think the chances are that um, Bryant by the end of the season is not in the rotation and it loses his spot to either Orlando Robinson or um, Nikola Jovic? High. Incredibly <laughs> high. <laughs> I'd be much more excited if it's Nikola Jovic. Just, hmm. did you guys watch Orlando Robinson in the, the summer league at all? Because he had one game yeah. where he scored 40 points and everyone freaked out. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, Miami's doing it again. They're going to find this guy. That, that was and, the one game I watched and I was like, oh, let's go. I love this guy. <laughs> oh God. I watched, see, I watched out of that game with a totally opposite reaction because I watched it and I was like, cool. He's just bigger than the guys. And like, he didn't do anything to get a lot of those 40 points. It was just like, I caught the ball near the basket and now I'm six inches taller than everyone so i'm gonna score uh, like man you get nba size you know not summer league size and that's that goes away i was really disappointed interesting was not feeling the vibe uh, let me ask you guys this offensively do you think the heat or the magic are going to be the better team because i've got them you know in my in my um rinky dink pythagorean expectations i've projected them to be about the same on offense do you think that sounds about right or which which team do you think is the better offense Orlando. I take Orlando yeah, I in a Orlando second. Pretty heavily. I, just with like with Orlando, they were like a bottom five offense last year, right? So last year, Orlando, I was pulling this up when you when you were asking this. Orlando was the twenty-sixth team in offensive rating. Miami was the twenty-fifth team in offensive rating. And I feel like Orlando with the young players is gonna get be better. Yeah, there's there's like a little bit of a jump between those two though. So there's like the bottom five are all like right around each other and there's sort of a jump going into like competent NBA teams. Yeah. They relied heavily on on a rookie to be their their first option. Now looking the next season, getting some development from him and from Franz, like it just it gets pretty exponential and like, hey, this basketball thing is actually kinda easy and and Paulo's twenty six points tonight or something and he kind of takes that leap. The sophomore slump frightens me just a bit, but I had him four wins better than last year. I had a question for you guys. On basketball reference for their roster this year, how many players have the distinction of guard and just guard? Not guard forward, just guard. Okay, basketball reference is crazy right now. I don't know if you've looked at like the 2024 rosters, I have. but they they are not putting small forward, shooting guard, and like I was trying to remember the name of uh, Taylor Hendricks during our fantasy basketball draft. Mm. I pulled up Utah's roster and they have him listed as a guard. I'm like, this is a Whoa. six foot nine power forward. So I don't. Let me just, double. I'm let me throwing that, that out there. Do not trust anything <laughs> on basketball reference. <laughs> okay. At the moment, they're trying. They're ramping up. They're trying to get everyone into the into season. But like, let me see. Basketball reference is still in training camp. Yeah. Taylor yeah. Hendricks. Now they did have him as a six nine guard. Okay. Well. I'll read you these names and tell me when it's like that guy's not a guard. <laughs> <laughs> Cole Anthony, Marco Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, Jet Howard? Question mark. Gary Harris is probably more of a three. 
Gary Harris is six. Uh, Gary Harris is six, six four. four. Yeah, it's, it's that guy small, is but he's like he's small, but he's pretty strong. Like he's okay. stronger than he is fast. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm he's, pretty he's, sure yeah. Jet Howard is not a not a guard. Anthony Black, kind of a bigger guard. He's a guard. Yeah, and he's a guard. He, Brandon, he's the Michael Carter Williams replacement. Yeah. Brandon Williams, Trevlin Queen, Mac McGlung. It's a lot of guards. Just so they're just saying it's a lot of guards, and their center rotation is um, Wendell Carter, who's good, and Gokabadidze, who's not good. And they, they still have um. Yeah, they're still, they're still got Mo Wagner. Yeah, you guys thrilled about it? Best center rotation in the league, or, or my concerns still a little about it? <laughs> they just have so, some. They have some shaping to do. Take. They have so many young guards. Let's get go get one competent, like uh, some more front court depth, basically. I think it's fine, just from the fact of you could also play Paulo at center. You may be able to play Jonathan Isaac at center a little bit if he can actually walk play basketball that's if you're banking on that nate i'm telling you now it's not happening (laughs) (laughs) well all right so so you're gonna play wendell 32 minutes a night so we're trying to cobble together the other 16 and if you give you know eight of those to to paulo and eight of them to mo i i'm i'm not too worried especially because mo and franz together play really well like you know it's 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 like the fusion rings that you know you get double powers and and Mo becomes a competent basketball player when he plays with Franz. Also, a lot of University of Michigan guys. Um, you know, we're looking at Mo, DJ Wilson, Caleb Houston, Franz, and Jet Howard, uh, and then poor Gary Harris being a being a Spartan has to deal with five U of M knuckleheads. It sounds like we're pretty confused on on what Orlando is going to be overall. What, what did you guys have in win total? I have forty two. Forty-two. Ooh. Okay, I went thirty-eight. I went. I went. I also went thirty-eight. Okay. Vegas went thirty-seven and a half. Man, I, I'm telling you, man, Vegas should just hire me. I, I spend like five <laughs> minutes doing these projections, and I'm spot on every time. He's perfect. He's he, Dylan <laughs> is the line. He's the walking line, and, and that makes me. I I take the over on that. I really would. I feel like it's a. I feel like I'm being kind of like, let's not be too early on this, but mm-hmm. they're better than the Raptors. Yeah. There's there's a good test that um um. Daniel LaRue on Real GM Radio does for his over-under series, which is, is it easier to see this team go three wins over their over-under or three wins under? Mm, I think, oh. Like, is, is, is it easier to see them as a, as a 35-win team or a 41-win team? So here's the thing. What we kind of experienced the last couple of years of doing this is it feels like more teams go over because some teams have the injuries and then it just becomes a lot more wins that, to have. So I kind of feel like whenever I feel like the you know, the over underline is spot on. I'm mm. I'm leaning towards if I had to bet money, I bet the over. Yeah. And we were just talking about their depth as well. Like they can probably withstand, you know, some, you know, reasonable amount of injury. Like if, if Franz or Paolo miss a lot of time, then they're they're probably screwed. But, you know, like a, a couple games here and there for Fultz or Cole Anthony or oh, Gary yeah. Harris, you know, like they they can withstand that. They've got they've got good depth. And you could lose Fultz for you know a, a month. And probably be the exact same team because Anthony and Suggs just play more. And I'm not going to tell you that any one of those three is is so much better. I, Fultz is the best, but like it's not like we're talking leaps and bounds. And oh, no, we have to replace Ja with someone else. Like oh, Fultz is out. We replace McCoy. Anthony. We're, we're fine. Where did we land with uh, the Miami Heat? Because um, I'm, I'm predicting the sub 500 40 win season for them. Me too. 40 wins. Mm. My my um my numbers came out at forty point seven, so it's it's closer to forty one, but it's it's right there. This is the one where we're pretty far off on Vegas, which I think Vegas was inflating the line with the potential of them getting 
Damian Lillard. Um, I did grab the line yesterday, but I, I kind of wonder if it's sh- going to shift down. Right now, the line is 45 and a half, and this feels like the easiest under out there. Yeah. I mean, it's also probably a little bit of like playoff buzz that like, you know, the bidders are, are mm-hmm. well, this team just made a deep playoff run. Like they're going to be bitter, but they yeah. way overperformed their point differential as well. Like they were basically a 41-win team last year, and they got worse. They lost... All the, I already did this. I already read that part. Never mind. Yeah. Go back and edit lost. it when I already said it and put it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Love Gabe Vincent, lost Max Drews. I mean, Caleb Martin came on strong. They lost Victor Oladipo. I'm not sure where he ended up. Do you guys know where? Oh. Uh, he's on the Thunder, I think. Yeah, he's on the Thunder. I was just looking at uh He's, he's waiting to be waved. He's not going to play for them. <laughs> no. He's a veteran presence. Casey Wallace yeah. is Jay. Hey, this is the year the Thunder make the playoffs. They're going for it. So Play in? Playoffs? Playoffs? Top six. Top six. Top six. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I mean, it's like the most exciting. You saw what Shea did in the Olympics when his his center was uh, Kelly Olenek. You give him a big man who can shoot and pass like Chet Holmgren, the sky's the fucking limit. The Thunder. Yeah. They're coming close to 50. if there's one thing you can rely on when you're trying to win 50 games, it's a rookie center. Exactly. <laughs> Dylan knows what Thanks, I'm talking Dylan. about. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I they didn't have a center last year. They started like Jalen Williams and against like yeah. the Nuggets. It's like they don't. Now they have Chet Holmgren. And yeah, I, I mean, it, honestly, we like a whoa, top six. But the difference between like where I have them and top six is like three wins. So mm. usually how it goes. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the Thunder next week. But. Yeah, that's just, there's more uh, exciting things. The number one team in the Southeast Division, the number one team, our good old fashioned. I can move the wrong way because I'm mirrored camera. Atlanta Hawks. Nice. Can I b- before you give your trivia? Can I can I give one interesting thing about the Hawks? Sure. Per per cleaning the glass, they were a perfect uh, net neutral. Um, and point differential, they they scored and allowed exactly one sixteen point three points per one hundred positions. This is the most average team in NBA history. That's fantastic. I actually had just made a video about. I think the they won forty two games as well. Yeah, no, they 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 keep spin the difference. But I had done like I made my graph of every team ever by adjusted offensive and defensive rating and the most average team. There's a few teams that come close, but I decided it was the twenty seventeen Pacers. But a lot of people mm. in the comments said the twenty twenty three Hawks. But they're like. Yeah, they were good on. They went forty-one and forty-one and had a zero net rating. Yeah, the Hawks were good on offense and bad on defense, and so like they were Mm. interesting. Where the Pacers were literally completely average. Yeah, you you, you prefer like fifteenth on offense. I had to make my uh, make my decision, but so we anticipate the Hawks getting better. We do. And so you guys might have noticed that I didn't do a Heat trivia question. The Heat didn't have any interesting trivia. I thought of one with (laughs) like Jimmy Butler declared the Heat's to be deeper than last year's team. Blah blah blah. Uh, it, it's not a very good question, but I came up with two Atlanta Hawks ones, and I'm excited for this because it's a slightly different format. So, first one is Trey Young was second in assists per game last season with 10.2 assists, but he was also first in turnovers per game with 4.1. Taking the top 30 players in assists, where does Trey Young sit in assist to turnover ratio? Dylan gets to set the line. Aaron, you get to guess over or under. So this is just last season? Just last season and just out of the top 30 players. So Dylan, for instance, you could say, I think that he was the fifth in there. And Dylan could either guess over being one through four or under being uh, six through. With 
With one being the highest assist to Yes, the one being the best assist to turnover. Gotcha. So like 10 assists, and one turnover. And this is of people who have a... Mm-hmm. So top 30 in assists, where does Trae Young rank in terms of turnover to assist ratio? I got it. I'm, on the, I'm, on, I'm here. I'm here. Yep, yep. Set the line, Dylan. Slightly more complex question, but... Man, Nate kind of threw me by saying fifth. I feel like it's nowhere near that. <laughs> I, I, I was I'm very just, intentionally trying... I was just throwing out a random number. Yes, I was very intentionally trying mm-hmm. to throw you with that number and be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to... You know. Like averaging a lot of assists is still gonna get you pretty high, so I'm gonna say twelve under. Fucking under is smacking right. the under. He <laughs> <laughs> was sixteenth on the list. Ah, that's better than I anticipated, honestly. It is better than I anticipated, yeah. and I think that's nice. Yeah, because like the assists are so high. Yeah, you know, just you know, kind of like looking... three to one is. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, you've got the top 30 assist players. Yes, he averages a lot of turnovers, but, like, he's about on par with other guys. It's not the best, but it's also not the worst at 16. Mm. Do, do you have who was number one and number 30? I unfortunately do not anymore. Uh, That's all right. Disappointing. This ties it all up, which means we do get a tiebreaker question here. Oh, same same format, uh, but this time, Aaron will get to set the line. All right. Trey Young attempted... Six point something three pointers per game. Out of all players who shot five or more three pointers per game, which uh, of which there are sixty nine, where does Trey Young rank in three point percentage last season? So five or more threes taken. Yep, there are sixty nine players. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna set the line at uh, at forty eight. Forty eight. Dylan, this is this could be sweet, sweet victory or agonizing defeat. <laughs> Am I allowed a hint by knowing what three point percentage he shot? No, no, you are fuck not. Yeah, no, fuck that. No. Okay. <laughs> the, this is five three points per game, not per 36? By per game numbers. Yep. So anybody that shot over five a game, that doesn't actually change the percentages mm-hmm. per 36 or not. I'm going to take the under because I feel like you got to be a pretty good shooter to be allowed to shoot five three pointers a game. You do have to be a pretty good shooter to shoot five a game, of which Trey Young was decidedly not one up. He is the 61st out of 69. Mm. I went way he too shot high. 33.5%. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I knew he shot like 32%. I just figured uh I just figured it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's like the the Graham, was it Devontae Graham or Devin Graham, the one that's now in San Antonio? Yeah, like, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. When he went to the Pelicans, we were like, ah, shark shooter, sniper. And I'm like, he's like the hundredth best three point shooter by percentage. Yeah. Trey Young has he takes a lot of deep threes. Like his he definitely spaces the floor and keeps offenses on their toes. But in terms of like actually just being a knockdown shooter, he really isn't one of them. High degree of difficulty on on the shots, but yeah, oh for sure. Not, also not limited percentage. spacing. Like the rest of the team was not good. He's closer to De'Aaron Fox than Steph Curry in terms of in terms of like three point ability. Uh, <laughs> just just like the last one. Now I want to know who was who was last in that list. Uh I'm, I'm sure I could find that at somewhere, but yeah, it's, um, it wasn't great. It, it was pretty bad. It's like, uh, when I was doing the Southwest, um, guys that true shooting percentage, Dylan Williams was the third worst of eligible candidates and the actual worst was Killian Hayes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not a good, good list to be on, but I do like a lot of the moves that, that the Hawks made. I'm interested to kind of see where they go. Cause they, they gave up John Collins which I think is paving the way for either more small ball with Hunter moving to the four and then Bay or Griffin getting more minutes or potentially uh, Bogdan, which I would really like. I feel like he unlocks the offense so much. 
or or it could just be Jalen Johnson. But I, I think they still need to figure out what they're going to do at center, Capella or Yakon Kongwu. Dylan, I went through it really quickly. I think I have our answer. I might have glanced over somebody, but at 31% from three, RJ Barrett, just chucking it at the rim. Mm, nice. I like it. Good shit. Shout out to RJ Barrett. Back on, back on track. Uh, I do think a, a full season of Quinn Snyder, and they have sort of molded this roster more in line with um, his sort of offensive philosophy that we saw him really succeed with in Utah. Like um, the Utah roster, which was Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell as your sort of lead guy and then a bunch of shooting. Uh, like that, there was consistently like a top five offense and they got rid of John Collins who has actually, um, I was looking at his shooting numbers just last night actually and they're surprisingly better than what you would think every season except last season. But going now more more wingy, playing Hunter and Sadiq Bey as your three and four with two guards and a, a rim-running big man is now fully into the Quinn Snyder um, offensive philosophy. I couldn't agree more, Dylan. That's If I could have said it, um, that's exactly what I would have said, is uh, the Quinn Snyder offense and adding Wesley Matthews and Patty Mills. I think they're a bit older, but those guys knock down three-pointers, and they're just kind of shaping the roster up to, to really contend and or contend for the playoffs. I have them as a strong five seed at 45 wins and be a lot better than last year. Wow, that is... That is a much better than I was expecting. Although I was recently asked about if someone other than Boston or, or uh, Milwaukee was going to take the one seed, like if either of them stumble, who could it be? And I was like, well, I think there is the off case that Atlanta could do it for a similar reason to what Dylan then said of Quinn Snyder now being in charge could really unlock something offensively. I and mean, we've seen Trey be an offensive juggernaut. We've seen them snap the ball around a lot better when Bogdan is out there. And like DeJounte Murray, those weren't empty stats in San Antonio. We haven't seen them as much in Atlanta, but like there's a potential that you could have a really strong offense with them. And then Clint Capella just rolling to the rim. Yeah. Post post trade deadline, they were top five in offense. What what did you put them at for your uh, Pythagorean uh, win expectations? Or where did you put them on offensive and defensive ratings? So a slight improvement on offense around the same on defense came out at, at 43 wins. This division's awful. <laughs> yeah. You tell me, Dylan, you had every exactly. single team 43 wins and under? Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was saying, I'm, I'm taking all these high win totals on every... Like, the, we did the Pacific and the worst team was 44 wins. And I'm like, man, like someone... These teams have to be beating someone. Every team can't be above 500. And, and here we go. This is where all the losses are. I went with 44 wins. Sounds like, Dylan, you went 43. And Aaron, you went 45. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our sum total is 100... 81 wins so that's our sum total average across all five teams which is actually a nine win improvement from where they were last season they underachieved what we've just predicted them to do wow i mean that makes sense because orlando is going to get better um the hornets definitely will get better with with uh lamella returning you only have like the wizards kind of having the floor fall out and then the heat will probably be about as good so yeah and the we predicted an 11 win drop for the for the wizards they were 35 last year. We're predicting four or 24. So that's that's a sizable drop that uh, still the the individual division ends up nine games better. That's that's surprising. Southeast on the rise to a playoff team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the Hawks as a, I liked the Hawks better than the Pacers, and I think the I had the Sixers at 44 wins. I ended up like gutting them. I had them uh, heading into it pretty good, but I just. 
I don't love the team or the vibes. And um, when your second best player is like actively demanding a trade, I'm like, that's negative minus five wins. Like just that's not going to work out well. I've seen I remember fat James Harden. I remember his pre, his large pregame meals he had in Houston. Um, I, I liked Atlanta more Then I, I looking at like when they was saying earlier about a team that could snag the one seat if something disastrous happens to the Bucks and the Celtics. I'd pick the Cavs first, but I don't I think the Knicks are going to be really good. But I don't see that like the whoa, the Knicks are a 55 win team like where that mm-hmm. come from. But Atlanta does have that kind of talent. The one place that that could come from for the Knicks is that they won't rest players ever. Like they will drive those players into the ground. They will tibs the, the shit up. So maybe, maybe they could get up there. Yeah. Atlanta was the team that I was way too high on last year because I was predicting elite offense and like decent defense. And like maybe this is the year that that happens a little bit more. Last season, they were perfectly average on both ends, which was disappointing. But if they could get closer to like top 10, maybe even knocking on top five offense with a full season of Quinn Snyder and a starting lineup that makes a lot more sense offensively. And if they can hold that defensive rating, um, then this could be a team that can really get up there. Especially if Trey Young's going to hit more than thirty percent of his threes. Here's to hoping to that. That's so, uh, gentlemen. Cheers. I did. I, I did go back and I checked who was actually at the top of the assist to turnover ratios. Do you guys want to want to venture a guess at the top three? Is the the count of Monte Assisto? <laughs> That's fucking. Is, is he up there? Did uh, he qualify? I don't, I don't think he qualified. To okay. Be honest. Okay. Um. Tyus Jones. Oh, C- CP3. CP3 he never turns one. it over. Trey Jones, actually, number three. Yeah, that's what Dylan meant. He said Trey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the record, though, uh, Count of Monte assist to turnover ratio would be number one. I just pulled him up to check. He was uh, he was guy number 32 in assist to ter- or, uh, mm. in total assist. Right, he, so he'll, uh, he'll be number one this year. He yeah. was 5.3 assists. <laughs> To one turnover, which which beats out Mike Con or which beats out Chris Paul. Who are we talking about? The Counts of uh, is this Monty Morris? <laughs> Monty Morris, yeah, Monty Morris. <laughs> that's the greatest. Yeah, I've never heard that nickname before. It's fantastic. It's it's better when it's typed out because you yeah, okay. write like assist. Yeah, your turnover Dash ratio. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Oh my that's god. That's, that's like the greatest nickname ever. Really? That's it is right. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, Dave Morris. <laughs> yeah. The Count of Monteus to that's insane. <laughs> that's like that. That's like the basketball Hall of Fame name. Like, but like, yeah. The Count of yeah. Monteus to turn. Okay, wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> other notable names out there are Spencer Dinwiddie, be at number four. Fred Van Vliet at number five. Who is worst? Um, Who is the worst? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wow. Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit different just because he has the ball the goddamn time. Yeah. Second worst is Kevin Porter Jr. Good. Fuck him. Um, oh. Isn't Giannis like Giannis <laughs> is the highest? This year. Giannis has the highest usage rate in the league last year, like second or something. Like he, it wasn't like for a lot of those guys. It's I'm playmaking, but Giannis is like trying to score the ball constantly, and he gets he picks up like three charges a game. So that those are turnovers. So a lot of people pick on high scorers for having bad assisted turnover ratios but there are different ways that turnovers can happen they can come from passing the ball they can come from playmaking um but having the ball and scoring the ball also leads to turnovers you get stripped you make charges yeah this this is part of my anti-reggie miller case because all he does is run around catch and shoot and he only gets the ball 
when he's open, when he comes off those screens, I mean, 90% of the time, it's not like, hey, let's give it to him in the mid post and let him go to work. But so if he gets it, he's open. So it's an easier shot. Also, he gets it and he shoots it. So he doesn't have to do ball handling, doesn't have to play making, doesn't have to do passing. That's why he has really low turnovers. And that's why all of Ben Taylor's models make him look like he's a fucking god. When we all know <laughs> that like, he's like, a good player reel it back in nate reel it back in it's okay it's okay dude (laughs) i know it's all right that's we'll save that for the central division but gentlemen any final thoughts on southeast no i got i've I've given i've given him my all i've i poured my heart and soul into the southeast division um i'll 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 watch them i'll root for them i just took paulo second in my uh, my second pick in my dynasty league, so I have Paulo Bancaro stock, wow. and I'm offering you De'Aaron Fox for him and uh, and some filler. You wanted him and Shen Goon. Go fuck yourself. I'm not doing that to him. And some filler, you know. That's filler. I'll, I'll put yeah, in yeah. yeah, you can have Vizenkov. I, I have too many point guards. I have like five of them. Good thing Vizenkov is uh, isn't a point guard. Did were there any divisions that their entire division missed the playoffs last year? No. I don't think that's possible. What percentage chance do you think that this entire division misses the post-play-in playoffs? That's a uh, good question. Because I have all but one of them in the play-in, or play-in or worse. I, I think just by virtue of all of them making the play-in, like what we did, there's a good chance that Miami's there, Orlando's there. And it wouldn't entirely shock me if Charlotte's the back half of that play-in. Like at that point, one of them has to make it. I think it's, that, it's yeah. very hard. You know, just let's also just kind of look at the other teams that will probably not be in there. Um, I, I would say I like Chicago. Well, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, fine, fair, fair point, fair point. Maybe. I'd say the only issue is that if they, there's a chance that all four of them are the are the seven, eight, nine, and 10 scene. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. someone's got to make it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. They're, they're, lucky. they're going to be playing each other in the play and to yeah. guarantee a, a Southeast division. Um, representative it's gonna be a brutal division to watch boys yeah maybe maybe least least watchable division all right aaron where can the people find you possible chairs on tiktok and this podcast most of the time (laughs) dylan where can the people find you on this podcast most of the time and you can find me here hoops temple pod also hoops temple at gmail.com we would love to hear from you Uh, we've gotten some great emails from listeners recently i'm now speaking at a college engagement in a couple of months don't know that I told you guys that, but yeah, college reached out to me. So, uh, wow. boom. What? what Email us. About that. You want to tell the uh, tell the viewers what you're up to? Uh, sounds like there's a basketball fan and club at a Ohio university that was very interested in the Matrix um, and just kind of player modeling stuff. And so they invited me to come speak to them before the uh, the Blazers Cavs game uh, November 30th. So, wow. I'm I'm speaking with a bunch of college students and i'm i'm excited about it that's very cool respect i'm, I'm gonna um hyperbolize this situation and say that nate is getting an honorary doctorate um that's true from that's, the university that's of basically um, <laughs> an honorary doctorate in um in, in data analysis mm-hmm. yeah i well i would accept it but it's from ohio so i, I can't <laughs> otherwise i would you, you just lost your invite nate what are you doing <laughs> oh no I, the guy told me that he was in ohio and i was like hmm, i don't know if i could speak to this it's, it's, it is, it's a smaller college in ohio it is not uh not the ohio state university so we're still very proud we're okay yeah. 
All right, so next game, an honorary doctorate from the Ohio State University. Got it. That's that's where we we've landed. All right, enjoy your week. Email us hoopstemple at gmail.com. We love to speak with you guys. Bye.